had a massive swing of that vice beer, so I better get that out before we start. Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second edition of this uh, wonderfully popular Seals Live podcast. Um, today, we're going to be covering a variety of topics uh, with such uh, wonderful things as building the club from uh, Steve Watson era to now. Um, we're going to talk about the last few weeks. We've had some up and down results. Well, we are undefeated in five, by the way. Um, some predictions for the end of the season. This is uh, Big Phil's first um go at the seals live podcast uh, even though he is tends to be the voice on seals live uh, we also have a special guest from chester fc women's team uh, molly wood and we're going to talk about the women's team as we've talked about a couple of times on these podcasts before and as you know we're all big fans of the uh, the women's team and we've uh, covered a couple of games so far this season so i think that's probably the best place to start uh, molly if you could like, you know, introduce yourself maybe and uh, then go for how's your season going so far? And we'll start from there. Yeah, so I'm Molly, striker for the women's team. Um, I think the season's actually going really well for us so far. So we made a bit of a run in the FA Cup, ended up playing against Leeds United, which was a big, big game for us as a club. Uh, we've only lost two games in the league so far. Um, so it means we're, at the minute, we're second, three points behind the leaders with still to play against them as well so anything could happen I think it's eight undefeated now in a row so hopefully that continues and focus on ourselves and just get to the best position we can end in. Yeah let, let's not uh, hide your light under too many bushels as well you have got 31 goals this season and um, I corrected you earlier before we put the press <laughs> the record button that You've scored 20 goals in the league, four assists and thir in 13. Uh, but you are going to make me stand corrected here and tell me that you've scored 31 goals in all competitions. Yeah, 31 in all competitions. That's what I like to go after. <laughs> as a striker. No, I would absolutely take that as well. With that that Leeds game in the FA Cup, how did you find that? Did you think, um, was there like, did, could you notice that being a big sort of ex-prem club and, and things like that, are they... Did, was the infrastructure different? Was it like, did it feel like a big club? Did it feel like a massive step up? Or, you know, were they just more organised, fitter, that sort of thing? Um, I'd say, so the first half, I think we went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. It was 2-1 at half-time. But definitely, I think the second half, you could tell the fitness. And I think they play either two or three leagues above. So obviously, the higher intensity of the training level and things like that, it just outshone us in the end. You could tell we all came off the pitch. Um, we did what we said we'd go there and do. We'd give it our all and that was all we could do. But yeah, definitely had a bit of hope at half time. And then I do think the final score is a bit harsh on us, which I think everyone will say, won't they? But yeah, we give it our best shot. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant just to get to that stage, isn't it? The, the club is, is young as well. And, and to, to go toe to toe, like you say, for the first half with such a big club like Leeds, um, who are up the pyramid from us, I think is, is really, really good. And uh, yeah, I think it only bodes well for the future. So to this weekend, then the game gets Preston North End. It's a different cup, it's not the FA Cup. Um, but again, another name that people will know, obviously, traditionally in the men's game, they're a, they're a huge club with a massive history. But uh, how does that sit with you this this weekend? Then what's the what's the significance of that? Yeah, um, personally, I'd like to beat them because I'm a Bolton fan. So a bit of a local team to us. So it'd be nice to... Um, don't look at me like that, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice for me personally. I'd love to beat them. 
Um, but yeah, the whole club are all we want to win some form of silverware this season. So especially with it being at home, I think that's going to give us the extra boost. And obviously, we've give four hundred tickets out to schools, trying to get a big atmosphere there, and hopefully it'll push us on. We've never played them before, so completely new team for us. Don't know anything about them. Yeah, that, that that's brilliant. That's four four hundred schools tickets there. It, you know, it's a massive growth um, side of the sport at the moment, isn't it? The women's game, and it, you need. And we we've been talking about this this week um, in our group chat and stuff about the fact that it's kind of a different fan base, but there there obviously is crossover. But there's an opportunity to grow. A, a, a more maybe a, maybe a more family orientated side of the club but the, the, there's a there's a whole new um side to football in terms of the women's game you you touched on it there that you're a you're a bolton fan mm-hmm. is that does that count for both is that men's and women's um so i don't officially support women's teams i've watched women's games and obviously i live on the world so tram is just down the road I've watched a few liverpool games um, but it's, it's difficult to watch them because usually they play at the same time as us. So I just go to whichever games I can when I can. Um, Bolton, I think I'd like to play again. I used to play for them when I was younger. I'd like to play against them again because I think we'd beat them now. And um, quite a similar level. So, but yeah, I've not got a specific women's team that I follow. You're definitely not allowed at Prenton Park if you're a Bolton fan as well. That's um, <laughs> that's my little knowledge of uh, of sporting rivalries. There, you're uh, you, 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 you're treading on you know dangerous ground there. What what about you guys? Are you, have you been following the women's game at the top level all the way down? I mean, I, I'm now gonna gonna cop out here and say that I found it incredibly difficult to find a women's team to support until the advent of Chester FC women, because now that's given me an easy out. Uh, following the England team has given that women's football new lease life for me because then you you can you can follow a player or whoever it is you know Leslie Russo, Alatoon, Mary Earps, whoever it is, big personalities. But you're like, oh, can I support Chelsea? Can can I support Arsenal? Can can I can I really support Man United? And it, it, I think, but I do think it's given some people the opportunity to say, oh, do you know what? I'm going to support Chelsea, but not for the men, for the women. So, what about you guys? Um, I can remember like the days of Doncaster Bells and they'd win things. And because of my affinity for supporting a football team that would always disappoint you, it was something I'd always, I wouldn't support them, but I'd always look out for them. Like I'd see them and I'd go, oh, that's Doncaster Bells. They're the female equivalent of Doncaster Rovers. And that's how I saw it. I wasn't interested in Chelsea, Liverpool, whoever else is around at the time. It's just Doncaster Bells always struck me as a bit of an odd one out because Doncaster's not exactly a big club in itself, and somehow it's got a... And it was, they were a genuine force in English women's football as well at the time. So that was something I always noticed. But no, I didn't really support... No, I didn't. It's not even didn't really. I didn't support a women's football team. If it was on telly, I'd watch it in the same way that I'd watch ski jumping on a Sunday afternoon on Eurosport. And now, the advent of the Chester women's team and it being properly part of the football club as of this season. Um, it's like, oh yeah, um, I interact with that now. I actually support that. I've I've seen them play. I've spoken to players. I've spoken to the management. Everybody's a nice person. I can get behind that. Whereas I couldn't go and just be like, I'll go and support Man United women. I couldn't do that. That's not no. No, it's too 
it's too easy of a step up to be like, oh, there's this new variation of football, I suppose. I'm just going to jump on a bandwagon somewhere else and be really comfortable about it. I couldn't do that. Yeah, also controversial that Man United were sort of like boosted through the mm. leagues because of their profile, which was a little bit uh, a little bit harsh on teams like Yeovil, Bristol City, teams like that that have been yeah. kicking around for ages trying to get promoted. And it's, oh, it's Man United, just stick them in the WSL, it's fine. How has it been this year, Molly, being able to play at the Diva? Um, I'm, 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 by the way, I'm unapologetically always going to call it the Diva. I don't care who sponsors it. <laughs> I keep getting messed up with that one as well. Um, yeah, it's been really good, actually. So I don't know if you know, last season, we were kind of between home grounds. So sometimes we'd play at Ellesmere Port, sometimes we'd play at Hellsby. Um, basically just wherever we could find a pitch available on a Sunday would be where we ended up playing. So that was kind of a bit of a mixed bag. I've never played for a club before where you didn't officially have a home ground. Um, whereas now, obviously, we have the Diva. And it's so it's so nice to know that we can go there. People can come and watch us with the season tickets now. And it's given. I think it's given us all that extra boost for a home game, like... You know where you go in, you know where you're sitting in the changing rooms. You've got like your little rituals that you do before the game that you can do, knowing exactly where you're going to be. Um, but yeah, we definitely, we've only had one loss there so far and hoping not to make it any more in the season. So. Well, you, you touched on the, the league before. Um, played 13, 33 points. Withenshaw played 13, 36 points. Obviously, with that ridiculous goal difference, they've got a, a goal difference of of positive 82 uh we're on positive 26 and i know your teammates are giving you a stick about the fact that you need to pull your finger out and score some more goals um you are currently um 12 behind molly bennett of runcorn linnets fc ladies so uh there you go there's your target for the rest of the season no pressure whatsoever um <laughs> but with them to play are we, are we playing them at, at the diva or are we playing them at withenshaw at Withenshaw, we, it was 4-3 at home when we played, then we lost. So that's a massive game, isn't it, potentially? Yeah. I mean, they, they could they could always slip up again towards the end of the season. I mean, it, I'm, I'm going to put the call out now, considering we've got, you know, such a huge audience and such a huge sway with the Chester FC fans that uh, wouldn't it be incredible for us to get some fans over to Withenshaw for that game away from home and create a bit of atmosphere? That would be absolutely amazing. James, I can see you waving yeah. fans. I just want, I've got I've got a couple of questions. I think one's rhetorical. We'll start with the one that I think you can answer is do you get that we've seen it with the men's team in the past. Um do you get that feeling when teams come to the diva that and I want to be I want to be polite about this and a bit sympathetic about it, but do you get teams that come to the diva and look around and go, Oh, this has got four sides and plastic seats, this is our cup final. Is there that kind of feeling about it when teams come and visit us? I think that is what we think, yeah, but then I think that also gives us the extra boost that then we think, right, well, we'll treat it as a cup final as well. And that's boosted our home performances in that we have only lost one home game so far this season. And I, I certainly feel like that as anyway. When I get there, I, I'm probably the most competitive person you'll ever meet. So and if I know they're turning up thinking it's a cup final, we're going winning the silverware every week. And how the hell do you go about scoring 31 goals with 10 games <laughs> left? Like, that doesn't, like, I can't compute that. Like, And not assisting um, your teammates as well. Yeah, and not assisting your teammates as well. How do you do that? How do you live with yourself? 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, Mossy Hill helped me out a little bit. The three hat tricks in a row. That was a a bit of a boost, but. <laughs> Oh, just a, not 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 content with a hat trick. A hat trick's worth of hat tricks. Yeah, yeah fine. Yeah, <laughs> what, okay, whatever. <laughs> As, I'd say that's Albert's fault. He was having an argument with me about. Um, so in one game, I scored seven goals. So I said, surely that's two hat tricks. And he disagreed with me. And then I was like, fine, I'll just go and score three then. <laughs> so you got three hat tricks in three games. Yeah. So the three games against Moss, I got a hat trick in each game. So you eat, oh, is it, does that, does that equal, Phil, your, your resident stato here? What was Michael Wilde's record of hat-tricks? Um, oh, yes, I've got him. I've got him. You've got him. Only off the top of my head, but if you just give me 30 seconds, I no, can I tell you. Stop texting Charles Sumner. You can see um, on the Zoom call that there's a screen reflecting off his face. <laughs> He's literally... Going, <laughs> he's texting Charles. Anyway, either so, way, so I can tell you there have been twenty hat tricks for Chester FC players since reforming in twenty ten. Michael Wilde has five of them. Oh. Now, I'm on six now. So <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, 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 games left. <laughs> if that isn't telling me to update my stats with women's games as well, then nothing will. Build the statue. <laughs> <laughs> where's, your, where's your statue? Where's the testimonial? Someone, someone's oh. been calling on Twitter for a, a Molly Wood stand. <laughs> yes. Do you know, uh, as it stands at the minute, you're probably... How, how many goals in total have you scored for us? See, this is this is the, the ground, I'm not sure. So last season I got 32. Um, I'm not sure about the season before. I think it's safe to assume you're our all-time record goal scorer as well, then. Comfortably. Comfortably. That's 63 between last season and this season. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty good going, to be fair. Yeah. Hopefully get to 100. Get the statue. <laughs> just just to ask Molly your question here, just on the back of James's cup final question. So it's all well and good teams come to like a proper stadium, if you like, but... I bet there's there's probably women's teams that do play at certain pitches that have got stands and things like that. So that isn't necessarily anything unusual for, for opposition teams, but 260 people sat there watching it as well. Mm. Obviously a record Chester attendance for, for a women's game. What sort of effect does that have on a women's team? Because I'm pretty sure when you go to some of these away games, you're lucky if you're playing in front of a couple of dozen people, let alone a couple of hundred. Yeah, I think... Um... Sunday was a new one for all of us. So we had quite a few mascots there from Northup Hall. And um, after the game, as we were coming off, they'd like lined up and had all these uh, little books out for us to all sign. And they wanted us all to sign them with our numbers next to all the pictures and stuff like that. That's all new to all of us. Like it's, I, I don't, it's just unreal to see the people and they want a picture with me. And it's like, well, why? I just play football. I don't want a picture with me. And then it's just to have that influence on the younger generation coming through playing football. It's, yeah, it's really nice to see and see the growth of it as well. And hopefully the fans keep coming. That's that's our aim is to put on performances where people come away saying, you know what, they actually play football and they want to come back and watch us again. So you, say, you said earlier there was, what, four home games left this season? Yeah. 
what 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 sort of fit did you want to get before the end of like the home campaign? Um, so I think Preston, I think that's going to be a new record this weekend, I'm hoping. Um, but before Christmas league games, we'll probably get in 50, 60, 70. So I think I'd be happy ending the home season games on like 100. That'd be nice, just get 100 people in that'll come back next season and watch us again and maybe tell their friends about it and they'll come and get season tickets and just keep growing. I think the better we do, the more people that are more likely to come down and watch. We'll always say that that no matter what level, no matter what kind of sport it is, people yeah. will watch winning. People will watch winning football. Winning. And it, and it looks like you're going to win the league. I think you might be quite surprised. Um, we're 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 all in for a campaign to get Sestrians eighteen eighty five to come yeah. with uh, every flag they own and every flare they. Own. I mean, not no, no not flares, but um, every <laughs> piece they possibly own to uh, create an atmosphere for some sort of like league winning atmosphere even if we don't i think it'd be amazing if we do something like that i could talk about women's football forever but we're supposed to keep these things to half an hour um so we're gonna have to move on unfortunately molly it's absolutely fantastic to have been able to talk to you um and now it's not, and now you can share the limelight with emo who who i know would absolutely hog it um, as, as she's in a commentary. So whenever we can get you on Seals Live, uh, and if you want to come on again, then you're absolutely more than welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever, you, whenever you'll have me, I'll be there. The last five, we've beat Bishop Storford, we beat Chorley, we've drawn 0-0 with Kings Lynn, we've drawn 1-1 with Banbury, and we've drawn 1-1 with Peterborough. <laughs> Why are we so good against the good sides? And we seem to struggle... I know we beat Bishop Stortford, but I think they might just be dead and buried at this point. Um, why is it that we struggle against these poorer sides? Phil, I mean, you've been to pretty much every game this season, or, you know, 90%. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's I think it's just something the football club has always done. We've always struggled against teams at the bottom end of the table and usually pick up results against those either in and around us or at the top of the table. Like, look at this season, for example. Scunthorpe turned up at the Diva. They, they, they didn't look like a team that were mid-table, let alone in the playoffs. Tamworth turned up to the Diva. Didn't look like a team that were, were top of the table, let alone in the playoffs. Like, they, it's just something strange about this football club where... It's almost like the the players walk into the dressing room against a, a team that are bottom of the table, and something happens. Just like, yeah, don't worry today, lads. It's bottom of the table team. The result will sort itself, and it, it never does. And that that's not to say that the mindset of the players isn't right. It's just something strange about this football club that teams at the bottom of the table we just think, or something just happens. Like, nah, nah, not today, lads. It's all right. <laughs> it's just I don't know it, 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 I just can't put my finger on it if if it was only the fact that we're doing it under Cal then you might be able to to pinpoint something but it was the same under Watson it was the same under Bernard Jono you go back to Steve Burr uh, John McCarthy even Neil Young really if you if you look back at some of the home games we had against the teams at, at the bottom of the Northern Premier League we I, I think like Lee Genesis we, we drew at home they they only existed for our first ever season um, and, and drew away at Lee Genesis in a game where I think half of the floodlights failed. Like, this just, 
it's just always happened. I've the guy, got the guy worked for me actually, who played for Lee Genesis at the time because I was working in Manchester and he was in my team, and um, he kept turning up in our opposition sides, and I was like, "It's you, you're the curse." <laughs> The curse and, and that Lee Genesis game, I remember we basically turned up in a park to, like you say, it was just like half the floodlights failed. And that my only memory of Lee is going to Lee RMI, where I remember pulling up at a petrol station because pre sat nav Google Maps on your phone or anything like that, you just pulled up in a petrol station and like, is there a football ground? I'm like football ground, football ground, yeah, there's rugby ground, and you're like. You, you don't even know you've got a football team in the conference here, lads. Like, and, and then and then to go from there to Lee Genesis was 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 a was a drastic step. Even Woodley Sports, we, we oh, turned up at Woodley God. Sports on God. the most well the first the first attempt at playing Woodley Sports away again floodlight failure game called off. There's a whole podcast um, about Woodley Sports. <laughs> well, how, how many guises of that football club have there been since then? There's been Woodley Sports, Stockport Sports. I think what are they now? Stockport Town. That um oh is that it is that what happened is that um, how... it was it midfielder under uh, when we had the biggest budget ever um yeah. at, uh, Paul Turnbull he's in oh. charge of Stockport Town these days like about the seven hundredth guys of a football club like just there, there is when, there is when we actually got that genuinely an entire podcast worth of material just on one <laughs> night. At Woodley Sports, where it all went horribly wrong, and and, and I think we definitely save that for the next one. So I have a competing theory to Phil's. Yes, we've always struggled against those kinds of sides down the bottom end of the table, the unfancied ones, the ones that you don't really think actually exist. I'm not going to name them, but we all know which ones they are. But also, you look at when we've played them this season as well, like Warrington, like you go back as far as say Warrington when the weather changed. January, Buxton, January. No, like we're playing all these sides on when the pitches are really heavy, when everything's just that little bit slower, when it's wet, windy, and cold. And that has, I do think that genuinely does have something to play into it. Because we could talk all night, we are going to have to move on to um, the table and the predictions for the rest of the season. So, undefeated in five, we currently sit fifth, 51 points. Um, we are averaging 1.59, so 1.6 points a game uh, with 14 games left. We continue scoring points at that rate. We will be on for 73 points. Callum's target is 70. And that, I think that's slight, slightly less than last year. We finished on 84 points last year, but I think that's easily fourth. And I think that's me on for my prediction that I made on the last pod that we did. I think we'll finish third, fourth. I think third, third. I'm still going to stick with third. Um, but I think the most interesting thing about the table at the moment is that you can look at look at all the way down to like where Warrington are in 12th. They're three points off the playoffs. They're in 12th and they're three points off the playoffs. And then looking at it the other way, you've got all the way up to Buxton in 15th. They're only six points off relegation. So there's only like three teams in the middle there, if you if you want to think that, if, if, I, if I'm telling the truth. There's Blythe, Farsley that have got nothing to play for. But look at what happened with Kidderminster last year. We, we, we've coined it the Kidderminster effect. Does does somebody come out of that pack? I mean, the, the whole league, barring about the, the bottom six or eight teams this year, have been so consistently inconsistent. It's ridiculous. I think I think there's probably 
two teams that you can say have been consistently consistent this year, and that'd be Tamworth and Scunthorpe, because they've they've both occupied one and two since since day one of the season. Um, but it's just, I know I know the lead doesn't normally settle down till kind of like end of Feb, early March, but it's normally settled down somewhat by now. But like you say, you've only got to lose one or two games. You find yourself back down in mid-table. You win one or two games, you, you're like up in third or fourth again. It's just, it's just such a weird lead this year. I think the one for me that comes out of the pack will be Hereford because they're they're one of those weird teams that at times looks terrible and can't wit can't buy a win, and then all of a sudden they go on a run and they go on a run of like eight games undefeated and and then they're third and you're like hang on a minute weren't you weren't you looking at the relegation zone a few weeks ago and it, and that has been the table but they're one of those teams for me that could do a little bit of a kidderminster and i'm saying that they're eighth they're only a point off the playoff places anyway in fact they're not they're equal 50 with curzon so that they, they are only not in the playoffs on goal difference but they they are one of those teams i think who could who could go on that that run just at the right time. Um, I don't think it's probably within Warrington to do that, although they're three wins on the bounce. Um, South Shields, maybe they've got the resources. Boston, oh, who knows? Like you could, you could, you could talk all night about the fact, like you say, Phil, that they're, they're so inconsistent. The whole table is so inconsistent. I think one of the teams to watch out for me, and I think last night's results is is what made me think of it. Really, is Curzon. I think Marnie's doing a very Excellent, understated job there at the moment. He, he's obviously took on from Lakeland, who interestingly mm. described a lot of the players that he signed at Curzon as bang average players. Um, but Marnie, Marnie just seems to be doing such a good job. Like they, they, I think they played seventy minutes last night with ten men. Um, I think was it was it Hereford that they were playing last night? Um, uh, Alfreton. Alfreton, yeah, they played seventy minutes against Alfreton, who, who aren't the easiest team to play against in this league, with with ten men, and they 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 beat them two one. Like, I, so I, I think, I mean, I, by no means am I saying that Curzon got the legs to to go on and do a full Kidderminster and, and go and, and get promotion, but I think they're probably going to be the one side that might just sneak into the playoffs that everyone goes, oh, Curzon. I think the other thing as well to look out for coming to the end of the season is that we are heartbreakers slash kingmakers uh, in Chester FC, that is. We have Gloucester on the 6th of April away. We've then got Brackley on the 13th of April, and then we have home to Darlington. All three of those sides could well very much need points, including ourselves. So those, those last three fixtures are massive. And actually, the one before that, on the 1st of April, is Alfreton. So, in fact, if you go back to their, the one before that is Buxton. So the, the last four or five games could be really crucial. I mean, it's... I don't want to put the kiss of death on this before you come in, James. Um, and I probably will. And somebody will clip this and bring it back at the end of the season. Because that's uh, we've, we, as commentators, have cosmic influence over the universe. Wouldn't it be incredible to beat Brackley on the 13th of April and thus deny them a place in the playoffs? Yes. <laughs> there's, no, there's no need to elaborate further. Every game we play from now until the end of the season, more or less, is crucial. Not now. It will look like either that's a good point against Chester, a good win against Chester, or 
could be a terrible defeat against Chester or a terrible point against Chester. Everybody we everybody in this league has got something to play for, bar like two or three teams sat in the middle that are not going to move either way. Interestingly, though, last season, Phil's spoke about this about the league table settling down it didn't on the last day everybody down to 11th could have gotten to the playoffs and surely missed out in the last minute if you remember as well darlington ended up finishing 14th last season they were top at christmas on christmas day they their fans were saying in october we've won this league right well we have the chance to do the funniest thing in the world on the final day of the season by um beating them and absolutely condemning them to life in the northern premier league once again you say about like the back end of last season, Buxton turned up at the Diva unbeaten in about 25 games and they never turned up. They never arrived. They slapped them. Yeah. It's, and and, and go, go back to the very first thing we spoke about here is we're capable of slapping a, a Tamworth, a Brackley, a Scunthorpe and a whatever else. It's... It's we might end up keeping Gloucester and Arlington in the league, but condemning Brackley to not a playoff place, costing Scunthorpe any chance of automatic promotion. I think Tamworth have won this league now anyway. But we could really be like, we could really make somebody's season miserable and really make somebody else's season good if we carry on with the sort of the weird form that we have, that inconsistency of not being able to do it against the sides we should in inverted bombers do it against the sides that we shouldn't. So I'll go back to it then. Chester FC, Kingmakers, Heartbreakers. That's not the name of this podcast, by the way, but uh, definitely one for the future. Right, I'm going to make you stick your neck out now, all of you. I've I've put my um I, I've I've put my neck on the line and I've said I I still think we finished third because I think we've got the ability to go on a run. Um and I said that in the last podcast, I'm sticking to it. I've also said that I think we'll eliminate Brackley from the running. So I'll come to you first, James. Where we finish in 10 seconds or less? We'll finish between second and seventh. Fantastic. Phil? Um, fifth for me. So where we are right now. Yeah. Molly? I really want to do a James and say between first and twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think four. I think four. Yeah, I think four's about first, somewhere between third, third, fourth, fifth, I think is about right. I think we're definitely in the playoffs. Anyway, it's been absolutely fantastic to host this second edition of the Seals Live podcast. Phil's got his hand up, and I suppose I'm gonna to have to throw it back to him for a second. Well, all I'm gonna say is I'm finishing this podcast by saying that Molly has to finish this season with a minimum of 10 assists. <laughs> That's six more assists for you, Molly. Wood. Okay, get down to our game. I'll do it all in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all very much um, for listening in. Cheers, James. Thanks very much for setting it all up. Cheers, Phil. And very special thanks to Molly Wood for joining us here tonight, taking a, a you know, your y- y- very highly intense training schedule before the uh, end of the season thanks very much for joining us we're more than happy to have you on uh, see us live again and on any subsequent podcasts thanks very much all for listening in and uh, we'll speak to you again very soon